to Hammered in Helios, a 5th edition spirited Dungeons & Dragons homebrew campaign. During each session, our cast not only tries to survive the cruel Dungeon Master's plans, but also reviews a delicious bottle of liquor. Remember, whether you're adventuring through a fantasy world or just listening to ours, please drink responsibly. Hi, I'm Dean Rains. Uh, I play your gnome, Battlesmith Artificer, Oren Can Fix It. And uh, this week, we are going to be drinking not a bourbon, not Uh-oh. a scotch, Uh-oh. not a whiskey. No, 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 no. Is it Sartreuse? No, 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 no. Uh, we are going the complete opposite direction. Uh, we are going to drink some sake. I'm glad to see you're all excited for it. <laughs> I'm beyond excited about yeah. this. Yeah, no, no, you can tell. I was not excited until. Well, I that, had some. no one said anything because I saw that everyone was their breath was taken away, so you couldn't <gasps> say anything. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we are drinking Taiku brand uh, cucumber sake. Uh, so you know, sake is uh, Japanese rice wine. You guys know that. Everyone knows that, right? But just a little bit about Taiku. You know, T Y K U. Uh, it is, uh, that's right in the heart of Nara, Japan, guys. That is actually known as, quote, the birthplace of sake. Oh, is lovely part of the country. I would know. I've never been. Me either. Right in the hills. Right, right in the... Nestled in the hills of Japan. Right in the bread basket. <laughs> Rice basket? Rice basket, yeah. Uh, so, no, really, though. Uh, this... <laughs> Can you say that? No, I can't. <laughs> you definitely can't. Maybe. You can tweak all of your responses <laughs> at graphics. So, all right, episode AFX. two. Uh, Dean is taking a leave from the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Orin has been replaced. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Taiku Brewery, uh, it's been overseen by the Yoshida family for over 124 years, guys. That's five whole generations. That's. Uh, it's a long time. Hey, Dean, how <laughs> is sake brewed? I got this. I'm ready. This <laughs> <Yeah>. nice setup. <laughs> no. But so hey, wait, 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 Dean. <clears throat> how is sake made? Well, sake has four actual key ingredients, just so you're aware. You you know, you're going to have your rice, you're going to have your water, you're going to have your koji, which is that's a mold. Okay? So you need that. Oh, wow. And that's there to break down the starches and uh sugar, you know, into the sugars. Gonna need those, and then and then you need a little bit of yeast, you know, and the yeast is what's there to give you the fragrance, hmm. the aroma. Mm. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, well, that's why I'm here. I'm here to give you that info. So you know, you got your brewing process for 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 sake, guys, and that's gonna be, you know, you're gonna wash it. You're gonna wanna, you know, you're gonna wanna. <laughs> Can you not? <laughs> You don't want to wash your sake. So, so do you like the sake? <laughs> yeah. What does it fucking taste like? Let's just look. There's a long process, and I'm just gonna say at one point, He's sake the entire Wikipedia article. Sake is passed through a hot pipe with hot water, and that's how they kill the bacteria and deactivate some enzymes. So you're gonna need that info when you're drinking sake. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Tell us more but, about distilling. Yeah. How do they... Yes. I am. You're welcome. <laughs> but here's the thing, guys. Contrary to popular belief, 
premium sake should be served chilled. Okay, not hot. I actually heard that. Yeah, yeah. that's real. Yeah. That's so a good thing to know. if you guys are done dicking around here, we can get down to brass tacks, and that's you're gonna want to drink your sake chilled, not hot. If it's then why'd you serve it if to us hot? No, no, no. This one's chilled. Is yeah, it? Yeah, it's it's, it's little, quite chill. A little chill. Yeah. I, chill. I microwave mine. That's how you're supposed and, to and do And that's it. fine. Like They've for, been doing well, that for 400 generations, yeah. microwaving yeah. sake. Yeah. For low-class sake, for a low-class person, <laughs> you're definitely Ooh. allowed to microwave whatever you want. You can put it in there with your hot dogs, you know? <laughs> hot dogs and hot sake. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a Biscuit album, dogs. right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that uncultured or cultured? <laughs> well, you guys want to review Limp Bizkit? Next time, <laughs> next time someone tells you white people don't have culture, <laughs> you, let them, know. The you let them know about your microwaved hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I don't know if I want you to review every yeah, week, every episode or no more. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to drink this now. I'm going to tell you guys what I think of it. This is cucumber flavored sake. You can really taste the cucumber. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I'm a fan of cucumber-flavored drinks because I've got some class. Uh, So it's very it's not as biting as some sakes have had. Like, this is actually pretty smooth uh, for being chilled. But uh, I really like it. I think it's pretty good. I'm, I'm actually really digging the cucumber flavor. So anyway, so Dean, uh, what would you give this on a scale? Taiku cucumber sake. I'm gonna give this one more drink, and then I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a fourteen. Oh wow! I'm uh. This is Garrett Cardi, and I play a uh, Ignath Redjaw, your orc monster slayer. <clears throat> and I will say this is really different because I'm used to hot dog sake. Um, <laughs> And so this was a new experience for mm. me, uh, but I, I mean, I will say I, I I've already pretty much finished this class. I, I'm going to give this, and this is this is maybe a problem for me. We don't we don't keep sake in the house anymore because I used to be I drank it like by the liter, um, and it was a little too dangerous to keep around. I, I'll give this an, a seventeen. Nice. I, I just this is like cucumber water for me. I could drink yeah. this all the time, and that would be a problem. But I I really enjoy it. Hey, this is Brando. I play Croft, a changeling rogue assassin. And uh, yeah, man, I, I typically really dislike sake. I've had the only place I've had sake really that I can recall is like a like a Mikado's, you know, like was it like a Benihana kind of restaurant they make it in front of you. And it's just really kind of biting. It's hibachi. Hibachi. Yeah, but you know, they have the Benihana. You know, our New York listeners, they talk about that one. So. Yeah, but it's a bunch. Yeah, how about you, girl? But uh, it's usually pretty biting. Pretty, I just don't like it. I don't like sake at all. So I was going into this going like, oh, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be great. I'm going to just talk shit about it. But, man, it tastes really good. Like, surprisingly good. Like, the cucumber, clear as day. It's sweet. I did not expect any sweetness at all. And it is just smooth as as, as everything, man. I'm giving this, I'm giving this bad boy an 18. I really like this. I'm, I'm going to get some at home. Hey, it's Mike Williams. I play a Nessun Theon, your friendly neighborhood uh, wood elf evocation wizard. Um, I I'm a huge fan of sake. Like I really enjoy it. Um, and I think for this on the front end, it's very good, very refreshing. 
Um, I don't think I've ever had any kind of flavored sake before. Like it's just been, you know, just plain sake. Um, but it, it does have a weird finish. It almost kind of tastes like, um, what is it? Um, celery a little bit. And I hate celery. Um, so, unfortunately, it finishes a little weird for me. I would love to taste some of their other other flavors and stuff because um, I've never had flavored sake before. But, unfortunately, I, ha- I have to buck the trend a little bit. I think I'm going to go with a nine. Oh, wow. And I'm Owen Landsberg, your evil, cruel, malicious, but lovingly tender dungeon master. I am also a huge fan of sake. I love going to here in Nashville. If you've never been to 10 Jack is one of my favorite restaurants. So good. And they have an amazing selection of sake there. Yeah. And they even have like those, what I've been really enjoying. Cause I'm also like Garrett. And if I have a <laughs> bottle of sake in the house, I will drink the entire bottle by myself in one night. And they have like the, so at 210, they have like the like single serve ones, which are great. So I, I enjoy them all. Uh, I prefer, I always forget the name of the cloudy sakis are my favorite. Nagori. Nagori. Thank you. And this is a June Mai, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I I really enjoy sake. It's very universally, like, you know, across the board, very delicious. I, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with Mike on this one. I'm not a huge fan. The cucumber definitely comes in pretty well on there, which is great. And the first couple sips was super tasty, but then as I started to get closer to my glass finishing that flavor, of the cucumber kind of started to turn a little weird. Uh, I was trying to come up with it. it to me, it, it's not maybe like celery, like Mike is saying, but there's definitely some funkiness, some weird, almost like gummy bear sweetness oh, wow. to it that I would say. And, uh, I'm not a fan of that. So, uh, I would love also love to try their other stuff. This is really tasty. I'll definitely have another glass of it. But honestly, I, I'm going to give it an eight uh, for, wow. for me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I hate to be the, the low score. But be true to yourself. Owen. Yeah. I just, uh, it just doesn't really do it for me. June, uh, this June, my Taiku cucumber flavored sake between all of all, all five of us got a score of 66. Before we begin this week's adventure, I need to give a special shout out to BattleBards.com. BattleBards specializes in creating the coolest and best sound effects and ambient music on the market for your tabletop experience. They have thousands, if not tens of thousands, of files ready to go at your fingertips for you to use as either a dungeon master or even as a player. And they have so graciously donated some of their library to Hammered and Helios. So from now on, whenever you hear a Nessun cast a spell, or Ignath shoot his bow, or any of the other cool sound effects you'll be hearing, you'll know it's from BattleBards.com. Having learned the true nature of Victorian Emberhall IV, that he was their old companion, Croft, the heroes interrogated the changeling to make sure his words were true. Finding them to be valid, the heroes cut Croft down 
and started to devise their plan. They first would seek out Drudge, a Luxodon slave that's attempting a rebellion inside of Cork. But in order to find him, they first must earn the trust of the slaves inside the city. The heroes figured if they were to submit one of their own into the Red Colosseum, they might be able to find a contact of Drudge's inside. Ignath volunteered. When they arrived at the Red Colosseum, they witnessed the champion, a freed Lionel, taking on a giant by himself. Now they must find a way to get Ignath into the games and figure out who is one of Drudge's contacts. Is is the Lionel um, still fighting? No. So it is over. You have seen him. He is like stood there for about 30 seconds. He is flourishing to the crowd. The crowd is in love with him. They're throwing him extra gold chains um, and silver chains and whatnot. Women are throwing him roses. He's accepting all of these like blowing kisses to the crowd. And then he turns and you uh, see him look up to the – uh, towards the end of, of the pit. And you see there is a platform there. And inside this platform is you see royalty uh, of it. So you can, your best guess is it is more than likely the mayor of Cork is watching the games here. So you guys look up to see where he is bowing to and showing his respect to. And you notice a human male sitting there and he has big flowing robes that are trimmed with gold and that blue color. So you see that he is representing house Tain even in his outfit. So there is no hiding it that he even knows that he is just a puppet for house Tain. And uh, you look over to him and you see he's a little bit older of a, of a male that is there. He has bushy white eyebrows. Uh, his white hair is slicked back. Uh, that's a little bit nicer, but unfortunately, like in his older age, it's still gone a little bit wild as well. And these big flowing robes you see underneath it, he has like a pristine white shirt on and it even has a little black bow tie. So we're just in this dance. Just like yeah, you're in the stands people. and you're seeing this. And so you see the mayor of Cork and he has a couple of bodyguards with him as well. You see he does have a couple uh, ladies that are doting on him as he they are like feeding him grapes and wine and like fanning him with palm fronds. I would like to just look to the person next to us if there's somebody next to us in the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, just ask, when is the next fight? I don't know. I just got here with you. <laughs> so I'm standing right next to him. So you see it is a female human. Uh, doesn't look to be much older than 19. She looks up at you and goes, most of the time there's only a, about a five minute between each round, depending on it. If it is Dython, that usually shows that it is the end of the matches for the day. Mm. Thank you, friend. Uh, is there any gambling going on around? Yes. So you look around and you see there looks to be bookies that are taking bets. And now that Dython has won and it is over for the night, you see him uh, disseminating out more gold links to uh, the winners of it and taking payment from others. What What is like the sketchiest? I want to look around the, the crowd here. Where's like the sketchiest section? You guys are down towards the front. So you're near... 
the front aisles, the front seats. So if you want to get super sketchy, you're going to have to go up into the rafters, like all the way up where it's going to be the cheap seats. Yeah. If you want to get super sketch. Cool. I, I want to grab a, uh, like a, an ale, a big okay. old, big old mug of ale. Yeah. There's still vendors walking by yeah. and you see it. Um, so there's a vendor that walks by, you grab their attention. They hand you, uh, a mug and they pull out a vial and this vial doesn't look like it has enough liquid in it to cover the tankard of ale to like pour into it. But as they pop it open, you see mist come out of it. Like it's super cold. And then they poured the drink into it and it almost like doesn't end. So it's mm. even then after that little vial that they like pull it up, close it back down. And now you have a frosty tankard of ale and they go two links, please. Uh, slap two links into their hands and, uh, I take my tankard mm-hmm. and I make my way up to the, up to the top. So you start to make your way up towards the top. And as you're like, you're pushing your way through the crowd, you are, I'm guessing looking for a bookie. What are you, what are you looking for? Croft? Uh, oh, I'm, you also, you're not in Croft right now. Who, I am not. I am in the form of an ice dwarf named Vane. named Vane, who is like decked out in, uh, furs, like a dark blue furs Ooh. and all that stuff. Uh, really s- grungy, angry looking dude. Mm-hmm. And so I am just sloshing back my ale. Very messy. And, you, and- you taste it and the ale tastes immaculate. It's really fucking good and it's really cold, which is, you could tell there's a magical element to what you're drinking. Uh, are there more matches for the, the, the day, right? I have said multiple times that if Dython is the last, if he goes, it is the last match of the day. Okay, but then who's next? Okay, um, so Dython is a champion. <laughs> and if he goes, that usually shows it's the last match for the night. So Does he do an encore, though? <laughs> uh, I guess I'll just make my way to some sketchy characters and okay. just kind of be around them, see if I can like hear overhear anything. Gotcha, so you see... A small group of different various races and sexes uh, that's like kind of huddled off in a corner and you can hear them like yelling and cheering in both anger and glee as some of them are angry, some of them are happy. And as you get closer, you see that there is a halfling that is there and is doing the cup game where there's like three cups. He puts a ball in one of the cups and switches it around. So you can see there's a little bit of like a gambling uh, essence that's going on here. Cool. I want to join the crowd and see. Is is there one participating now? Yes, there is. I want to. I want to watch, uh, anticipating some sort of scam. Okay. Cool. Let me see here. So as you walk up, uh, this halfling sees that you're a newcomer and goes, "Hey, come one, come all. My name is Rogue, and I am here to supply you with money. All you have to do is just find the ball." And you see that there is a another ice dwarf that is up there and he's like grumbling and you can tell more than likely he's lost multiple times in a row and he throws down five gold links and and goes uh to to rogue the halfling i want one last chance double or nothing rogue with a vicious grin across his face gladly accepts takes the five gold links, puts his own five gold links on top of it. And you see he has very ornately crafted cups. These aren't like just like random steel cups. These cups are like 
made of ivory and there's carved runes into them. You can see their depictions of various acts in history of like warriors and battle and stuff like that. So you can tell these are very, very finely crafted cups. And he has a little foam red ball, like uh, not foam, but rubber, like a rubber red ball. And you see him throw it into one of the cups and then he shuffles it around for a good 30 seconds. He shuffles it around and he's giving this speech. He's like, okay, so, um, all you have to do is remember, and he's trying to pull the attention away from the cups to himself, to to this ice dwarf. And he's like playing around. He's like, all you have to do is just keep your eye on the ball. And at the end of it, just guess which one it is and s- stops. And then the, the ice dwarf sits there for a second, s- staring at each one of the cups intently. And you can tell he is very confused by this and points to the middle cup and Rogue goes, I'm going to tell you right now that that is wrong. I will allow you a choice to change if you would like. And the ice dwarf goes, no, I want middle cup. And he's like, okay, pulls up the middle cup and there is no ball in it. Takes the five gold, slides it uh, back into his pocket and then picks up the right cup his right, so your guys' is left, and shows that the ball was in there. And then he picks up the ball, juggles it around a little bit, turns all three cups upwards, and then looks at you, Croft, a.k.a. Vane now. I'm still going to call you Croft. That's fine, yeah. Um, but you are disguised as another ice dwarf named Vane. Uh, looks at you and says, would you like your chances? I would not resist a chance to play to make money from simple man. Can I do an arcana check to see if there's some... Yeah, okay. Yeah, so Nessun, you followed, I'm guessing? Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. go ahead. Give me an arcana check. Uh, 17. You look at the runes on the cups and notice that there is conjuration. There are conjuration runes. Mm. And you're reading that there is a teleportation spell, like a minor teleportation spell that's attached to these cups. Mm. And I kind of peer back at Anessin and just look at him. Vane, this this game is fixed. There's no winning this game. There's nothing fixed about this. It is just a game of chance. Yes. The only chance is that you will lose because of the, the spells that you have on your cups. What spells? These are... I'm an honest man here just having an honest game of chance. Uh, insight check. 23 for me. And eight for me. Okay. Uh, you both realize that he's lying. <laughs> he, he, rolled, he, rolled a, he rolled very, very low. Perhaps if I win your game, we become friends. You introduce me to city, to people, to fun things to do while I am here in town. Is there something I could do to to maybe like... A counterspell or dispel something. magic is a, it's yeah. a spell. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if you wanted to, could I break his cups? You could. You wouldn't break the cups. It would literally. Uh, well, we have to look up what. Dispel well, let's magic win the is. game. I, mean, I, mean, I know, but uh, if I could make it to where he can't teleport the ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could maybe scratch the. Oh, balls. I thought you meant like physically break his. No, cups. no, no. Yeah. Okay. He means break the spell. All right. So dispel magic. Choose one creature, object, or magical effect within range, which is 120 feet. Any spell of third level or lower on the target ends for each spell, fourth level, how you... Yeah. So, yeah, you could easily cast Dispel Magic, which is verbal and somatic, and, yeah, cast it on on the cups. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, so we're going to have to be a little sneaky about this if you want it, because if you just all, because remember there's verbal and somatic components. So if you're just standing next to the table and start speaking arcane words, rogue, the halfling might know what's up. Maybe I could walk away though. Okay. 120 no, no, feet. No, no, yeah. No, no, hold on. So I'm like sloshing around my drink and I just want to like slam it down on the table really loud and say, come now, little man, we play your game. I win your game. I show you. And I'm just kind of causing a ruckus. Vena, I've already told you this is this is rigged. There's there's no use in playing this game. Vane is not afraid of little man tricks. I figure out. You Eisdorf, you see your your fellow Eisdorf over there. It's just you guys are so. You just think you can't lose. I, I just can't watch any longer. Yeah, you see the other ice dwarf as you point at him. He's already frustrated. And ice dwarves are very pale people, but you can see that he is a bright shade of red. You, he po- you point at him, and he just slams his fist down onto the table and just walks away. And just so you know, you would never win. Don't worry, brother. I bring honor back to our people. So, yeah, Nessun is going to walk away. Okay. Let us play, and wow. I smack five links down. Five links, okay. Like real loud, yeah. and I'm trying to be boisterous and you know keep his attention on me. As if you to want happen. my friendship and to uh, have me show you around this, and he tries to do a fun accent of nice the city. Oh, very close, <laughs> very close. Sorry, my my accent not as deep as yours, but I deal with ice dwarfs like you. Not everyone is a voice actor on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, if you want my friendship, I would say fifty links. Fifty links for one game, little man. Yes, if you want me to show you around the city, to show you around to fun people that I know, it's worth at least fifty. I lean back and I take a sip and I and I'm looking at him over my mug and <laughs> of course we play big stakes today and I pull out uh, 50 dang old gold links. He goes, "Okay." And you see once again that like f- shit-eating grin on his face and he uh puts the rubber ball into one of the cups and is going to move him and shuffle him around. Give me a perception check. 13. I gave him disadvantage on this because he's so reliant on the conjuration teleportation magic. So what'd you get? 13. 13? Yeah. He rolled a 12. (laughs) Mm. So, well, got a 12 total, I should say. Not rolled a 12. Got 12 total. So I'm not even like... I'm just drinking while he's doing it, right? Yeah. Like I'm trying to like come off that I'm not even really like paying attention. attention. Yeah. But yet you stay on tune with the ball in the cup. And you ended up point pointing at the middle cup and Rogue the Halfling goes, oh, I'm so sorry. It happens to be you happen to be wrong. And he lifts up the cup as he's saying wrong and the ball is there and he is stunned. He is like flabbergasted. He has no idea what the fuck is going on because Anessin's in the back casting Dispel Magic. Ha ha ha, little trickster. Oh, fun game you have here. 100 links and a new friendship. 
he is stunned, looks up, and you see Aness, and he makes eye contact with you in the distance. Game has to respect game, I guess. And <laughs> we all have tricks. You have yours. And then he points at Aness in the distance. He has his. I have mine. So, anyways, I didn't catch your name. I am Vane, is what they call me. Vane? I am Rogue. Rogue, you are a fun little man. You are a mischievous one. Uh, and I just want to take a big old swell from my drink again, get all, like, messy beard and mustache and all of that. He looks at the rest of the crowd there and everyone's like now like, oh my God, someone beat Rogue. You see like the crowd's like, he's never been beaten. What's going on? Like blah, blah, blah. like the crowd. And he's like, uh, I'm done for the day. Everyone, please leave. The The matches are over. Dython is done. I'm done. Please leave. Let me talk with my new friend here. So you guys have the place yourself. Ignath and Orn, are you guys up there too? Or uh, n- not me personally. I would, after asking my question, I probably would have gone to go see... Um... Tasuma. Tasuma. Okay. Oren, what are you going to do? Yeah, I'm with the uh, Ignat. Okay. And I would, I'd like to go back out to the, to the arena, like the, in the seats. Okay. The gotcha. So Nessun, yeah, you head back down, you see Ignath and Oren as they're about to head towards the entrance to the Coliseum where Tosuma is, where you guys can sign Ignath up for the matches for the next day. Vane slash Croft. Rogue goes to you as like, I'll give you one question, and that is what my friendship is worth. And then you never come back and play my game of cups again. Perhaps someone have weapons to sell, and uh, how stainfully armed they are. Don't need these uh, hypothetical Black market weapons. Uh, Who else in the city might want to purchase such items? Where could I find such people? If you're looking to sell goods of that nature, you will probably want to talk with Maxine Stone. And who is this uh, upstanding citizen, Mrs. Stone? She deals in all types of... Laborious activities. She's really well known for building fences. Building fences, of but course. she owns a lumber construction company and can do various acts. But she's really, really just known for her fences. Oh yeah, because that that word also means selling stuff. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so I, like, I said fences, and I looked over, and Kira's like, ah, "What? Oh. we don't need fences. We need to sell weapons." <laughs> I was like, I was like, like building walls. Like, what does that mean? Perhaps, little man, you are more discerning about uh, future cup clientele. <laughs> and I slide him a a gold link to to keep as his own. And I keep the other 49. You know, 50 links is about what I make in a week. So you've just taken away a week's of my salary. 
No, no, no. This is wrong thinking. What you should think is uh, I gave you a very expensive lesson you have learned. Don't ever let an ice dwarf bring a wizard to a cup fight? <laughs> of course, probably. Uh, whatever the lesson is, is what you know. So uh, thank you for your uh, friendship. And I'm kind of shuffling my way back to, to meet the other guys. Just throwing back my drink. As you turn to walk away, give me another perception check. That is an 18. Total? Yes. Awesome. Uh, I'm just going to tell you this now. As you turn to walk away, you don't notice, but he pockets. He reaches in to your pockets as you turn it and yanks 25 gold pieces away from you. And I notice this? You don't notice I it. I don't know. You don't notice. So please erase 25 gold pieces. Uh, my? Uh, my? Me? Yeah, he pocketed yeah. from me? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. He, he got a 24 in sleight of hand. Oh, Wow. Ignath, Orin, and Anessin. So you guys are sit, standing there kind of talking with some of the locals, looking over at the mayor. Uh, you you watched as Vane slash Croft and Anessin left. After a couple minutes, Anessin comes back. You guys want to head back down to the entrance to talk with to- Tosuma? Yes. So now that a couple minutes well, is, as... Oh. I wanted to stay and kind of scout the arena. Oh, okay, cool. Now that it's been a couple minutes, the most of the Coliseum has gotten empty. There's still some stragglers here and there. You, As you guys walk towards the entrance, you notice that there are more gamblers. There's still some vendors trying to sell some goods. You see people are trying to sell like Dython branded shirts and all this like crazy merchandise to try to make a buck. You guys get back to the entrance and you see Tosuma is closing down shop. I thought this was going to be our chance to have a side quest where we get Ignath and Oren merchandise uh, sold to the people in the stands. Well, you know, if you... Corgi shirts. Corgi shirts. Corgi dude. shirts. Dude. Tosuma is closing down shop. He's, you know, packaging up the last of his goods, counting the money that he's made for the day. He turns and looks back to you and recognizes you both again and goes, Oh, yes, what is it? What would it take to fight the champion? You want to fight Dython? Yes, the Lion Man. He only takes fights that he wants himself. So if you want to fight him, you'd have to get him to say yes. Where does he spend his days? Here in the Coliseum. He is the champion. He gets the nicest rounds in the nicest places. All the ladies and men. Well, where would that be? Be in the Coliseum. It seems that everyone is leaving. Well, we keep most of our slaves here that are in the fights, and some of the free people, they will sleep in the areas with them. But if you wanted to, I know you were saying earlier that you were interested. I can give you the stamp of approval and allow you into the fighting quarters. I would appreciate that. This is a legal document that you are signing your life over to the Red Coliseum. If you die, there is no legal action that yourself, your family, your friends, or anybody you know that could take against the city of Cork or the Red Coliseum itself. Am I allowed to keep my armor and weapons? Yes, anything that you bring with you, you can use in a fight. I will let my my more business-savvy friend take a look at this before I sign it. So I pass it to Oren. Also, can I, like, perception check the document? Uh, it would be investigation check. Investigation, investigation check. check. Investigation check the document. It. Yeah. 
on the back, there's a map to a treasure. And I'll use my eye, my uh, my astronomical, astrological. Astrological sign? Yeah, astrological sign. Yes, that I can get advantage on this roll on investigation awesome. checks. Okay. Aha, nice. The yeah. one fucking time I could ever use this. <laughs> one year anniversary of having that, by the way. Yeah, and you're finally, I don't know if anyone's, no, I think. Croft, you've used your sign. I use the hell out of mine. I use mine. No, that's right. Yeah, the gem. You, the gem. Yeah, I used investigation mine. as a yeah. ranger. Really? Like, when nice. am I picking that up? Yeah. Like I said, the whole entire point of the astrological signs is to just make sure that you know, as character depth, some flexibility, and things aren't supposed to always make sense for your character. It's it's fun. It's like you know, Anesson has orc aggression. All right. So the first roll is seven, and the second roll is twenty-two, which is why this is so great. <laughs> twenty-two. You with failed. an investigation. Yeah. yeah. So he rolled a 23. You notice, so you read through it extensively, and for whatever fucking reason, Ignath understands the legality. <laughs> he puts on a little spectacle of what is going on. And, I look to Oren yeah. and like hold out my hand, and he puts like spectacles in them that he's crafted for me in his free time. <laughs> I put them on and like study this document in a way that Oren has never seen me read anything. Yeah. So you put on your spectacles, you read through the document, and Oren is under the assumption that you're just reading through it to actually look like you know something. But you start going through it, and you notice that there's a lot of really bad terminology in this. Like, this document is meant to fuck whoever is the signer. So you notice that is if an owner of a slave ever puts the slave into the Red Coliseum— or if you are not able to bring your own items for fighting, the items that are given to you by the Red Coliseum are given to you in debt. So then not only are you having to fight for your own freedom, you're also now having to fight in order to pay off the debt that is given to you. Every single time you enter into the arena for a fight, they charge you gold links based off what you took. So it's almost like it's a legal perpetual system to keep – the slaves or free people who enter and think they're going to make money off it in poverty or in servitude. So you're noticing that like the fact that you have your own items, you're not having to worry about that. You're bringing everything yourself. So you're not going to have to be, you're not going to be getting charged anything for it. Then you also notice that any winnings that you make that are for your own profit. So after that, the, the deduction of the armor and the weapons or whatever other items you take into the arena with you, there is a service fee that the arena charges based off a percentage of what you win. And the higher, the more money you win, the higher the percentage that they take is. This dude's getting an Uber Eats, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also charge you for any healing that you require after each and every single fight. So if you ever need magical healing, it is a service fee that they charge for you to get magically healed, which that money is to pay the chains for recompense for breaking a decree that they have set in place. And that is also interesting to you because you do not have never heard of chains ever saying it's okay to heal magically within, within inside city walls. Yeah, I was about to say they're pretty, uh, uh, crazy about their rules. Yes, they are. So, and you know, that would be a Supreme leader, Igor thing that he set up. Yeah. So there's something interesting for you all as well. Anytime you sleep, 
or eat there, they also charge you a service fee. So basically, I, I can keep going off all these little surcharges that they keep giving everybody, but you you can surmise from this that almost like if you were to go into a fight, risk your life, and you were to win 100 gold links, you'd probably only keep two if you were starting from scratch. But you're probably guessing now that if you were to actually beat Dython, which would probably be a vastly huge increased sum that you would make off it, uh, that like you'd probably make somewhere like 5,000 gold pieces, you'd probably only keep about 1,500 of it. I, I didn't do a perception check on the stadium, but was it sponsored by Spirit Airlines? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It's okay. Good yeah. Spirit Boat Lines. Spirit Boat, boat Lines. lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then you notice, too, that there is a magical emblem on it, and you are required to sign it in blood. So a thumbprint, a a bloody thumbprint is how you sign. Oh, dude, I know how this turns. I'm going to eat somebody's skin off. (laughs) I know how this goes, dude. What do you think up there, Ignat? Pretty pretty boilerplate uh, document you're reading? Seems there are a bunch of extra clauses, things that... And sure, we'd make no money off of this fight, even if I were to do well. Well, I expect fighting a lion, you'll find plenty of claws. (laughs) If you put the suit on, if you put the suit on, you become Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a blood pact binded by magic. Yes, it is. It's to make sure that you don't sign up, take your winnings, and then try to leave. Either you sign or and fight, or you don't sign and don't fight. I'll take this with me and bring it back to you. Okay. Nessen, uh, as what I've drawn through the combat map here, you this is what you notice. You notice that each column here uh, has multiple holes in it. And you're not sure what these holes are because you didn't get to see them used, but you do notice that there are holes along the entire perimeter of each one of those columns all right, and that's why they're numbered because we'll get into that if if Ignath ends up taking on Dython. And then in the center, you see that there is a large pit that is all spikes at the bottom. So it's like a, if you can get somebody in there, it's near a killing blow. As well as you notice that the walls are covered in a sticky substance. One that kind of reminds you of that spider that you guys faced in on the island. Mm. So your best guess is the sticky substance is there to make sure that if someone tries to use a wall to their advantage, they end up just sticking to the wall permanently and become an easy target. Is there anything else you would like to try to find out? Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, in, in additional to scouting, I mean, you gave a lot of detail, but um, I, my original plan is to kind of send out the, my hawk familiar just to kind of fly around and scout and okay. also at the same time send out uh the mage hand okay and to just kind of do some additional like is there a loose rock you know whatever i can do to give ignath an advantage interesting okay so you send your hawk out and your hawk is actually able to these holes are big enough for your hawk to actually like kind of not like go straight into, but can peer down into it. And you can see that, uh, cause I'm guessing you're like warging into your Hawk because mm-hmm. wizards can do that. Um, you see through your Hawk's eyes as it looks down, it looks into this giant pit and there is pipes leading up to each column. And then it, all the holes have different pipes going into it. And you can see there's a group of 
slaves down there of different beast kin. And they are ran- they, like they look like they can randomly light matches into ex- explosive goblin jelly, the stuff you guys use to help kill the dragon. And that whatever that is is going to shoot up through those pipes and then out into the columns. But your best guess is because there's different pipes leading into each column that it's going to be random where on which side and which column and which columns that it comes out on. And I just imagine him standing there kind of like warging and discovering all of this. And I walk up next to him while he's doing that, not noticing, going, hey, friend, perhaps uh, we have future future career in swindling swindlers <laughs> and i look at him and i was like oh okay well some is some of this is yours and i'm counting out my gold little bastard stole from me and i look back I, you know, I'm, 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 and in essence still worked out so he, he's not hearing any of this all hand in nesson the uh the piece of paper You're like we looked over the contract it's bloodbinding, magical, and seems to make sure that I can make no money on any fight, but otherwise look safe. Save? I mean, you're, you're signing your life away. I don't, I mean, I fully trust you and to be able to defend yourself, but I don't know that I would say this is safe. However, maybe there's something I can do to edit this document uh Anessa, give me your arcana check i didn't even think about that <laughs> that's a nine yeah you don't notice anything unusual about it uh i would need a detect magic spell if you want to yeah we're gonna try roll, again we're gonna roll that bad boy out so detect magic you're you don't need to roll arcana for it uh, but you cast it, you're able to detect from this document, it does have magical properties to it. But it is not blood binding, as in if they were, if Ignath was to sign this with his bloody thumbprint, that if he was to fail through it, like something bad would happen to him. It is a blood contract where if he was not to pay up his dues or somehow escape, that this is what like bounty hunters would use as like the, a writ be like, okay, like this is up there. Like this person is owed money. And then through that blood, you, we can tell what it would do is if someone was to like put it up there when it gets close to that person, the blood would light up mm-hmm. letting them know that that is the right person. Gotcha. But there wouldn't be any way to, I don't know, edit this in, in any kind of any fashion. Another, arcana check if you would want to edit it but i'm going to give you disadvantage because you failed on the first one i like those odds that's a 21 with disadvantage yeah it's a 24 or 21 holy shit all right well uh you can easily if you want to you could change the magic around uh where it would no longer if you put ignat's blood on it it would not light up if a bounty hunter was to find him to see if he was the mark but as far as like the terms of the contract, there's probably- yeah, there's no way like that's a whole legality thing, and that's that's something they would go over. So I'm telling you, you can change the magic around. Yeah, Changing the enough. words would have to be a. I think maybe yeah. enough to assure an illusion. An illusion. An illusion. Well, Ignath, and I'm not I'm not able to change the 
scamming going on here as far as the terms of the contract. However, uh, I will guarantee you that if things were to go south and, you know, we needed to get out, that your blood will no longer be tracked by this document. So there is no issue um, using your blood to sign this document. Tracked blood? It appears the magic in this document will allow someone or bounty hunters or things of of the like uh, to be able to locate you if you didn't fulfill your end of the contract. <laughs> oh, people hunting me, could you imagine? Uh, what fools I know. <laughs> well, gentlemen, we're ignoring the obvious solution here. Let's go find uh, the most pretentious person in town we can find. And, oh, a small pinprick here. And uh, looks like we've got our binding contract. Oh. Interesting. We do have jungle needles. Um, I'm sure. This is a side quest I've been (laughs) doing. This was not something I was prepared for, but hey, let's go. This, it wouldn't take very long, I'm sure, to walk around Cork and find, uh, I'm sure there's at least one piece of shit out there spitting on a, on a slave, maybe kicking dirt in one of their faces, or, you know. Ignath, perhaps we can do a little good before you sign the contract. Uh, let us go for a stroll downstairs and uh, meet the uh, fellow warriors. Sounds fair enough. And you guys walk down into the Red Coliseum, and it is barely lit. I mean, even though all of you have dark vision, it's still like you could tell like there are some torches and whatnot that are lit. But you're heading down into an area where it's like the lowest of low for the slaves here in Cork. So they're not really well taken care of. It smells rank. Like I said, it's very dark. Uh, you look down into the Coliseum into the, like the bullpen area and you notice like most of the, the gladiators here don't even have their own bed. They're forced to kind of sleep in piles or on corners with one another. The food that you see there, the getting served is not even great. It's just basic gruel, just kind of like brown paste that more is about providing sustenance and actually any flavor. And you all notice that there is a hulking tall human male that is strapped in black leather and is having uh, whips in each one of his hands that he has like thrown over his shoulder shoulders as he is walking around and he is kicking and screaming at the slaves and the gladiators to get out of his way. And you can tell that this is Salvador. I see we have visitors as he see, as he notices that you walk towards him. You orc look like you'd make a fine warrior and would slay slay many of these gladiators. Well, I'm sure I could defeat any of buddy in this disgusting museum. <laughs> I assure you, you could not defeat Dython. Well, unfortunately, he won't have to. That is my servant, Ichnath, uh, if you will. I, I, I am here to survey who might be my opponent in the future. My name is Orin. And I am uh, maybe not world-renowned, but at least region-renowned. I will look at Oren with scathing eyes. And I'm going to give you a big old wink. And then I'll look at Corgi. (laughs) Bark. (laughs) And I'll be good with it. (laughs) Bark, bark. Corgi gives me a wink, too, I'm sure. Bark. While they're talking to them, I want to kind of like 
drunkenly kind of stumble around to the other side of him. Okay. To as they're getting his attention. Like I'm looking like I'm um, give me a deception check at advantage. And while you're doing that, Orin, uh Salvador looks at you. You look like mighty fine warrior, even for your small size. And the fact that you have a big orc like this as your slave shows you should be in battle here. Uh, no slave, no slave. Ignath, uh, he, he, is, he is my helper, but he is, he is my equal. I, I don't believe in slavery. I've come to uh, battle in court. <laughs> Silence! <laughs> you will listen while Oren speaks. What? Give me intimidation. I've been waiting to cut somebody's hands off. <laughs> Is that going to add to the intimidation roll right there? <laughs> well, something's got to add to it because I'm about to take away one. <laughs> uh, don't worry, don't worry. I gotcha. Uh, this will be a nine. Nine. <laughs> can I say that as he says it? And can I? I'll give. I'll give you advantage on that one. I'm seeing if there's some way I can add to it. Uh, just it. helping his advantage. Okay. 15. 15. Shit. He looked like, even though you're small in stature and with Ignaz's line, he, he starts like laughing and you give that line and he immediately shuts up and you can see his demeanor has changed where now instead of being this like big commanding presence, his energy has changed to a little bit more docile. As I said, my name is Oren. Can fix it. I'm here to survey who will be my next victim in combat. Uh, who would be... I don't want to waste my time with the rabble. No disrespect to the slaves. I know they're not here out of choice. Who is the one who feels he can't be beat? The one who is taking advantage of those around him. Uh, uh, that that would, would would probably be be be, be Dython. Today, Junior. Uh, Dython uh, is our champion, but he only accepts his own fights. I mean, that sounds like the road of a coward. Uh, oh, someone seems like they could be a challenge, so I'll reject it. Uh, could I speak to this? Show me, show me, show me towards Dython. And uh, Croft slash Vane, what'd you get on your deception check? Uh, 28. 28. Okay, awesome. Do you want to roll against that, Owen? <laughs> <laughs> Don't gonna... say things like that. <laughs> well, no, he has to roll. I gave him disadvantage, and he rolled a four, so... Uh, Vane slash Croft, you are easily able to drunkly make your way up towards Salvador. And what would you like to do while this conversation is going on? I'm uh, staggering and singing a, a, a crude song uh, as I'm looking at the the fighters and kind of uh, winking at them and kind of interacting with them a little. But I want to make my way behind him to where I can... I want to position up and, and just get him with one of those needles and, and get, get some blood. Yeah, give me an attack roll with advantage. Okay, that's a 26. Yeah, so you're easily able to hit him, and you he takes one point of damage from this, unless you're going to sneak attack him, because you technically can. Yeah, I want to do like another 60 points of damage. <laughs> Take this dude out, needle, dude. <laughs> so uh, I get him with the needle, and then with my offhand, I want to stab him with my dagger. Oh my no, no, so no. you hit him with the needle, and you like get him in his side. I'm guessing you get a like, fake stumble into him or something like that. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Um, so you get him. Drunken and, stupor. And you get 
you fill the needle with his blood. So you have his blood now. And I just palm that. Yeah. And, I'm, I, and I stagger my way back, still singing like he an looks, idiot. He looks at you. Oh, ow, what the? <laughs> so as, as I see him stumble into Salvador, uh, I want to yell at Vane. Move along. I I don't need an appetizer for Dython, but I will take care of you if need be. Ah, forgive me. Having good time. Fun party night, bachelor. Uh, with friends. And where am I? Do point me to bathroom. This bathroom? And I start peeing. <laughs> I'll go uh, I'll go grab Vane and um pull him back towards the entrance. Okay. So, Ignath, you go deal away with Vane. Uh, Oren, you're still with Salvador. Anessa, what are you doing in all this? I think just taking it in. I don't, just trying to stay out of the way. All right. Salvador looks at you, Oren, and goes, uh, the champion probably is disposed of right now with multiple ladies of the night. Many of the ladies are probably from the Temple of Lilith. So he is being well taken care of. We haven't ever really talked about it, but Lilith is a goddess in my world. She's the goddess of secrets and knowledge. She created the Kenkus. She is the brother of Volius who created the humans, but she is actually known not as the goddess of secrets and knowledge. She is known as the goddess of lust. And what she does is she runs temples that are basically brothels. And the brothels just have anyone and everyone of all sexual orientations and styles that you could basically procure for the night. You don't pay them in gold or in monetary value. You pay them in secrets. So Lilith has adopted this new persona in order to gain the most knowledge and secrets. She's figured out that people are usually the most loose lipped if they're horny and want to have sex or just after sex. I don't care if he's indisposed or not. If he's the champion of this city, I've come to take that role. Show me to his chambers. Give me a persuasion check at advantage. You guys are making your way down. You're seeing as he's doing, as he's like leading you towards wherever Dython is staying, he's just an absolute dick to all the slaves. He's punching, cursing at them, kicking them, pushing them out of the way. And eventually you get closer to like a nicer area of the bullpen of the Coliseum, right? Of where people are staying. And you see a large wooden door that is closed but on the other side of it you can hear what just sounds like a very intense orgy that is going on while you're going there we're going to go to vein slash croft and ignat well anessin where are you going to go are you going to go well i would assume i was with you want to go to the orgy you want to go with us come on man i'm i follow the orange you follow Orin? Nah, yeah, to the ne- orgy? just Ness- to protect. Nessun fucks. <laughs> Nessun fucks. <laughs> no, it's to be his protector. So Ignath is, escor- is escorting Vane out of the common area of the Coliseum. My friend Ignath, uh, be very careful with uh, needle. You want to palm it right here so he does not see it when you go to press your thumb. Be very careful. And I want to teach him a little bit of like tricks of just kind of a little bit of sleight of hand. Ignath, give me an intelligence roll. So just a d20 plus intelligence. So I got an eight. Perhaps (laughs) you would prefer if I sign for you and I shapeshift into Ignath. Oh, man. (laughs) Shit. 
I'm going to hate this as a character. <laughs> <laughs> Love that idea. Eight is a failure. I was actually going to, if you had gotten a certain number, I was going to give you half proficiency to slide a hand check. Yeah, okay. Um, with the change into that, I think I'm going to actually like grapple Croft. All right. What? We do not change into other people that we know. I was just trying to protect you. I didn't want you to fail at this, this point. I'll set Croft down and I'll say, you have one minute to turn in the form. If I see you change into me again, I will cut off your hands. Understood. And I walk up to the to dude. Yeah. To Suma. Are you finally ready to sign, big young orc? Yes. You will soon see the prowess of the greatest warrior to have fought in this arena. Yes, yes, yes. You all say that. Present your thumb. I hold up my thumb. Okay. He hands you a dagger. Make sure and cut the slit of your thumb all the way up to make sure the blood covers your entire thumb and place it onto the contract where you see the X. So I'm going to pretend like I cut my thumb, but I I put some of the jailers. Give me uh, a slight of hand check. The way to make it more convincing is go, ow. <laughs> that really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't. I cut it so badly. This simple cut doesn't hurt the great Ignaf. He doesn't notice that you fake the cut or the needle to make the blood. So you press my thumb down. Straight down onto the contract and successfully implant Salvador's blood onto the contract. Ignath, you, after about 45 seconds, you see Ignath walk down towards you <laughs> into the column and you, you know it's Croft. And I shapeshift back to Vane. Okay. You had 10 seconds left. Good choice. <laughs> Anessin and Oren, let's go back to you guys. So you hear the fuck party that is happening on the other side of this door salvador turns looks at you all and just kind of gives you a shrug and walks away if there's nothing else that you guys need so anessin kind of moves past Ornan and barges into the room hear me and rejoice you are in the presence of the great Oren can fix it <laughs> Another switcheroo, bitches! <laughs> if you have the privilege to die at his hand, be thankful that your meaningless life contributed to the balance. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Is this what you were messaging Mike about while we were talking? <laughs> All I said was, fanfare? Question <laughs> mark? Lord Orin, it is now your time to give your message to these vile creatures. Anessin, as you give this wonderful fanfare speech to the whole room, you are staring at a giant pit of Dython with multiple ladies and men inside his bed with him. And all, I'll say about a dozen of them, including Dython himself, are in the acts of you're not really sure where one person begins and the other one ends. There is just multiple things that are going on that you are concerned with. He's 
unswerved. Like he knows he had a role to play and is like not in the least bit like he's just there to be the like herald of 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 Lord Orn can fix it. So after you give your speech, you see rise out of the fuck pit. <laughs> Dython, the Lionel champion of the arena, and he is buck ass naked, muscles bulging, claws out, bearing his fangs full hard on, right there just <laughs> dangling in front of you. And the only thing he is wearing is a small bracelet around his left wrist. He looks at you and goes, How dare you! Come into the champion's room. <laughs> you think Champion. that whoever that you represent is more important than what is going on there? And he points at bed full of men and women of various races. Ah, uh, yes. You may think being pulled from your... I don't care what you think, okay? I am the champion, and I... <laughs> Want to get my fuck on? You can fuck off. You know I, you're getting a tick for that. That was good. <laughs> Thank you. That was really good. You're right. I can do those wrong. things. However, you will listen to the great Lord Orn can fix it, and he will deliver his message to you in whatever situation you find yourself in. <laughs> the only situation I find myself in is wanting you to fucking. Leave. You can either try to make me leave, or you can sit here and listen to what Lord Orin has prepared for you. Persuasion check at disadvantage. 16. 16 on a disadvantage? I had a nat 20. Oh, shit. Yeah. What was the other one? Oh, no, I had a nat 20 and a 17. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Does he want to challenge the champion? I don't believe there would be a, ch- a challenge on his his part, but I, I guess that's what you might call it. Ugh. He snaps his fingers. The fuckery behind him stops. And he looks back at you, Anessin, and goes, Bring in whatever lord you think wants to take me on. Lord Orin, the room is yours, sir. So for everyone inside the, I guess we're, for a lack of a better term, we're calling it the fuck pit. If everyone from inside the fuck pit is looking out the door, mm-hmm. they see in the hallway lights start kind of flashing and going off. <laughs> and you hear, Dython! Y'all ready for this? Yes. Y'all ready for this? And I step around like the I, I create a light behind me using prestidigitation that casts a shadow up on the wall that makes me seem like I'm ten feet tall. <laughs> okay. So as I scream, Dython, I step around the corner. Dython, the so-called champion of cork. The coward who spends his time picking and choosing his battles against slaves. I am undefeated in Urga. Undefeated in the Hungan jungle. Undefeated in Seraph. Asema. In Asema. all of 
What's it called again? <laughs> what? Helios. <laughs> <laughs> and I've come to Cork to prove my name. In front of all these people, would you dare back down from a challenge? Give me a either persuasion or intimidation check at advantage. Dirty 20. Dirty 20, okay. So you think you could come into here and challenge the champion to a match at your pleasing? If you're afraid, just say so out loud. Oh, no, 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 no. The champion is never afraid, for the cream always rises to the top, and I am that cream. You are beneath me. You are beneath the champion. And I'm here to tell you, Lord Porin, that you uh, excuse me. will excuse me, sir. fail. Sir. That, that is Lord Orin. Yeah, that's what I said. Lord Porin, you uh, will fail in a match against me, Dython, the champion. Well, the cream of the crop. The cream sure has soured. I'll see you in the arena tomorrow. And I spit on the fucking ground and walk away. Anessin, before you leave, though, give me a arcana check. Dude, you're going to see that that hard on is fake. (laughs) Oh, his dick has been hard the entire time. You're like, like, that is conjuration magic. It's been taking like magical scenes. (laughs) Fifteen. Anessin, you notice that the only thing that he is wearing, that bracelet on his left wrist, looks like a mini collar. Hmm. Interesting. All right, Ness, here's the next part. Here's what we do. We need to group back up with, uh, with Vane and Ignath. Spread the word. We have less than 24 hours. Talk about this challenger coming up to Dython and, and securing a spot. This small gnome uh, looks frail, could never hold his own in battle. We need to get people talking about Orin can fix it. That's the play for now. We need as, many, we need as much hype surrounding this fight as possible. Well, what's the plan to try to, to bait and switch here? How, how do we get them to believe that how do we get Ignath to fight well, Dython? Ignath signed the paperwork. I didn't sign anything. Right, but if we just make see if Dython thinks he's fighting you. Oh, who cares? Who cares what Dython we, thinks? Listen. Right, I understand. But all we need the people to think is that there is a challenger Correct. that Dython is deathly afraid of. And he's a and he No, no, to, no, no, no. We don't want anyone thinking Dython's afraid. We want everyone to think that this challenger is pathetic and will easily be beaten. And then here's the deal. Listen to me. We bet all of our gold on Dython. Uh, and then when Ignath wins, we'll be filthy rich. You mean on him losing? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. We bet on I Ignath. See. And then when, Di- when Dython loses, we'll be filthy rich. Perhaps Gnome is not uh, used to gambling. <laughs> Rules don't work that way. I guess what I'm getting at here is 
Dython has the power, right? He chooses whom he allows, whom he fights. Um, we don't want him to back out of that. So I understand from a gambling standpoint, you, you want us to downplay the opponent of Dython, which I, I think isn't as necessary because Ignath isn't known. We just really need to hype up so that Diathon doesn't back out of this fight. When Ignath walks out of that tunnel, man, he's going to piss his pants and he's going to wish he never hit me with the door. And if Ignath doesn't kill him, I definitely will. Oren, you think bringing crowd here and bringing lots of gold and gambling. Yes. I see. Dython will never back down. Have we met you guys in the tunnel yet? Yeah. I'm assuming so. Oh, I thought you said that. Yeah, you guys guys had your little interaction. You walked back. You walked to, yeah. I was... Because I could, <laughs> I have ten seconds more of in. As in. <laughs> I'm just here to get paid, baby. Here's, he'll never back down out of the fight. He's too worried about his appearance. I can fight as your champion, or easily you could hold this battle on your own. Yes, sure. Perhaps Anessin could have lit everyone in there alive on fire and just kill everyone right now, but. Wouldn't have served our purpose. But the, here's the: th- you got to understand. If people know that the that the challenger is an able-bodied orc, they, they're going to see this as an even fight. If we hype this up as a small gnome that Diathom will easily crush, and we hype this fight up to be this massive thing, everyone will bet. <laughs> they'll bet the farm on Diathom. So you're trying to stack the odds. Uh, one hundred percent. Okay, fixing the fight head out of the Red Coliseum. But as you guys start making your way down towards the bullpen where Salvador, where you met Salvador and whatnot, you hear a, hey, hey. Uh, yes. Uh, what? what? Who? Who said? I pull my dagger out. You all keep hearing, so I, I heard you're all looking for somebody. As you're trying to figure out where this voice is coming from, but it sounds like it's coming from all around you. We've already met the Lion Man. I wasn't talking about the Lion Man. Rogue is. I don't. I don't. Who are you, little voice? So out of the shadows comes this cloaked figure that's a little hunched over. This figure is wearing a dark black robe and cowl and you can see white fur coming out uh, from various parts of the cloak as it is not the best well kept uh, you notice that this figure has a long gated facial feature and you notice that it is a ratkin that you are talking to as like i said white fur and you look she looks up at you all and as the cowl raises up above her eyes she has beady little red eyes that stares at you all who sent you i i heard that you all don't like house tain i i don't know who does Outside of the people that that benefit from that association. Well, I think lots of people do. I happen to not be one of them. And I heard that you four specifically have issues with it. House Tain. 
How did you get that information? Well, when a very notable ship comes sailing into Cork, it raises suspicions and eyebrows. It is my job to know these things. I have my dagger out, and Mm -hmm. I want to kind of scowl and take a step towards her and say, um, perhaps you should say what you came here to say sooner rather than later. How much time you have with us, uh, one cannot know. Fair, 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 Fair point. I believe that associate of mine might be able to help you all in your goal. Ah, so you're aware that we also came to Cork to make that cheddar. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you come to Cork to make cheese? It, It means money. Talking about old people over here making some old references. <laughs> Fuck out of here, Dean. Yeah, man, I'm fucking hilarious. <laughs> no, 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 no. It is of my understanding that you all came here to take down House Dane. And who is it that you come here to talk to us about? Drudge. You know where Drudge is. You work with him. Yes, I do. Perhaps you take us to him right now. No. No. How do I know that you all are not actual spies of House Tame? Uh, You seem to know more about us, uh, all about us. So perhaps you already know that we are friends and we shall talk. Yes, I do know that the four of you already visited the house. I do know the four of you captain a legendary ship. I do know the four of you came from Asema and originally from Seraph. Well, as Vane here, he's maybe not the most to be trusted. But for the rest of the party, what is being done to your beastkin is completely unhonorable. Nothing deeming of respect. People being given the chance to not live their own lives. We would never treat someone in this way where I come from. I have heard that about orcs, that you all don't believe in slavery, which is quite nice. Drudge would like to meet you all, but first he will ask one favor to prove your worth and value. He believes that there is a new shipment of collars that are coming into Cork in two nights from now. He would like you all to intercept this shipment of collars and deliver it to me. If you are able to do that, I will make sure you all meet Drudge. I'm... How do we know that you're not under control of Hastane? She pulls down, like, her cowl, and you see that there's no collar around her. Yes, I see no collar, but I have seen other beeskin who appear to be slaved in other ways. She looks curious and then asks, oh, "What do you mean? What do you mean by that?" 
Well, the Red Keep champion, uh, Dython. He... He appears... His, his bracelet appears to be some other form of... of enslavement similar to the colors. I have not heard or seen of any new technology that would allow that. Are you sure of this? I'm not certain, but... I feel very good about it. I, I, it feels like you just take the necklace and make it smaller, right? <laughs> I think just a a tinkerer's mind. It, right. you, just, or, you just make it smaller. For maybe we could do this. <laughs> taking up the collars, but we have plans for tomorrow. Well, the shipment isn't until two nights from now. So you have time. The other ask... That Drudge had, but Mao, but now might change, is we wanted you to kill Dython. Dython used to be the right hand of Drudge, but one day showed up at the Colosseum and started killing his own kind. Wow, that's super convenient. Uh... <laughs> Boy, have we got a message for you. <laughs> but... If Anesson here is correct, and he is being controlled through this bracelet, we ask you don't kill him, but find a way to free him. And if it isn't true, then do kill him. Uh, we would never kill Dython. Uh, you'll, you'll have to make that worth our while. You're just trying to get all the golds. Wrong, wrong direction for what I was trying to get. <laughs> uh, we had no intention of killing that man. <laughs> I did. Well, we we plan to fight tomorrow, but well, by but, fighting that means you will kill him, or he will kill you. Well, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you doing? There's no honor in this, Orin. It's honor in certain ways, but not this way. Okay, I'll buy the we, honor, baby. We will. I will defeat Dython. If you are able to either free Dython from his servitude or kill him, and as well get us the shipment of new collars, you will meet me back here two nights from now. And I will take you to Drudge personally. She bows and she then goes, well, my name is. And then she scratches a wall next to her. Ah, uh, of course. Her name is Scratch. And then you see her like fade into the darkness. She forgot to tell you that uh, the shipment is coming on the Death of Gold is the name of the ship. Oh, yeah, I guess we need that information. Yeah, yeah the Death of Gold is coming on two nights from now into the harbor of Cork, and it will be coming in at midnight, so when the moon is highest in the sky. I kind of switch out my little outfit, put, put, a little, uh, put a little newsy hat on, shapeshift into a little young young boy. And I go out to the corner, like a hustle and bustling part of, mm -hmm. of where, you know, the late night crowd is there. I'm like, Aerie, Aerie, the, the battle of the 
country tomorrow at the Red Cape. The Red Coliseum. The Red Coliseum. Our city's champion, Dython, against the tiny little weasel of a man. Oren can fix it. His tininess and weaselness cannot be overstated. Come and make free money tomorrow at the Red Coliseum. Give me a persuasion check at advantage. <laughs> did, did you? Do we have pamphlets? What a shouting! It's You're just shouting. If we do, I, I'm gonna hand them out. So you say, "Oh, at advantage." Oh, that's good because both of them are shit rolls. What is this persuasion? Ah, uh, twelve. I would like to uh, flash of genius. <sighs> give you. Uh, you can do that. You can give that to other people. Yes, <gasps> yes. So that's me. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna get a plus four to that. So you. <gasps> But the, what I'm going to do is, um, as he's doing, as he w- walks out, I have cast disguise self on on myself, uh, and I look like a. We'll say I look also like a dwarf at this point because I can only change myself about a foot of of size. So I've changed myself into just like a generic red haired dwarf uh, walking out, and then as he's yelling, say, "Oh, I've I've heard about this Orin." He's uh he's a very tiny man, small arms. I heard he lost every fight in Urga. With that, I'll work through the crowd as Dick Nath, <laughs> and I will say, um, watch one man kill another tomorrow. Tomorrow only one man kills another. <laughs> <laughs> but you're all like armored out like a, like a fucking warrior just standing. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> there is a lot of bone crunching excitement. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 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 Yeah. I can't lie. I can't lie about myself doing it, so I feel like that'd be my way of saying that. This being like one dude kills another dude. We will see who it is, but it's gonna be good. We'll see who lives and who dies. And then three I'll, whole minutes. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow that up. By in the octagon. Follow that up by saying, oh, I got to find my bookie before the odds get worse. So I want to place my bet. I want to try and convince people to place their bets early. Okay. Before Ooh. the odds, you know, widen. I'm going to give Oren. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. Hold on. Pass without a trace. No. God, no. <laughs> I'm going to give Oren um, 100 gold links. I'm going to give you 100 gold links for the purpose of helping the bet. Nice. Um, to okay. do so. Okay. I think it's a good bet amount. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're whatever. This is up to, to Owen to figure out how much we're about to get fucking paid. Oh, my God. So if you want to go and place bets right now, it is a three to one odds. So is that with our... No, I want to wait until tomorrow to bet on Ichnath because the odds will be so much in Dython's yeah. favor. So I'm not betting at all tonight. What okay. I want to do tonight, if I can, is Oren has a 3,050 gold credit line in the bank. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yep. So I would like to find any kind of bank that is available uh, if they're open this late or if not tonight, first thing in the morning. And I'm going to withdraw every gold piece that I have from the bank. You are able to find a... Temple this of is bold. <laughs> Bill Twix. So the gnomes run the bank system in Helios. Of course they do. So you find a temple of Bill Twix, which doubles as a bank, and are able to pull out your full line of credit okay. if you would like to. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you easily, you walk up, 
uh, there is this giant fortress of a temple, and you can see that it has the interlocking gears of Bill Twix's symbol that is on it. You walk up, and it is just like any bank you've ever seen. There's lines, there's tellers. All the tellers are different gnomes, and you walk up and are easily able to grab your entire line. How many? How many? I uh, would like to do the same. I would just if I can say that. Uh, so I'm betting to you, baby. I had 350, 3,050 in the bank. So okay. that'll, that will grand total after Ignath just gave me 100. Uh, that's going to put me at uh, 4,387 gold. Okay. And then I also have, while I'm here, I'm saying, hey, I, I appreciate this. And, you know, if you guys don't mind, just a quick exchange. I've got a couple sapphires here, each worth 250. So, yeah, uh, so. gems are straight gold costs, so yeah, so, you can easily get those. I have 5,387 You're going gold. all in. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm going all in, baby. So you guys make your way to the Iberian Pig, and you notice that this is, you know, it's it's down and dirty. It's located right next to the temple of Lil- the brothel of Lilith, and it is just, it stinks. It's not really well taken care of. You notice that majority of people that are inside are beastkin slaves, and you see that there is a human male that is running this place, and you can tell that he has kind eyes. So you you can tell like this is more of like a soup kitchen uh, than it would be of anything else. Where this human is trying to help out as much as he possibly can with the the other slaves that are inside the town. There's no music that's being played. There's no bar that's in there. And it just smells rank and dank and not good. It's like wet, rotted wood, puke and piss. And it just isn't what you guys are used to when it was like came to the Tavern in Seraph, the Howling Cutlass, or even the more often than not. Or sorry, the Howling Cutlass in Asema, or the more often than not in Seraph. So is this somewhere you said it's more like a soup kitchen? So do the like the slaves, the poor people, do they have to pay for their food, or is this kind no, of like some handouts? This is handouts, All right. but they have cots or rooms that you can pay to to sleep at. Uh, so I'll just walk up. Hi, uh, uh, we would uh, like to get a room for the evening. So you see that you t- walk up to the human male who is olive skinned brown haired, green eyes. And he's missing most of his teeth, and he is a little bit of an older man. And he looks down at you, Orin, and goes, You see him, he kind of gives you a once over, sees that you're wearing armor, you're a little bit sound like you look a little bit more prestigious. He goes, Normally we don't charge for rooms, but it looks like you could afford it, and anything that you would give to us goes back into the tavern here, the Iberian pig, to help pay for all the food and the lodging you see here of all these unfortunate slaves that I try to help out. What's the guy's name? <laughs> My name is Bento. Well, yes, yes. We're... We are not above anybody here, and we do happen to be in a position able to pay for lodging, so whatever can go to helping out the people. And I'll hand him... 20 links, 20 gold. Oh, shit. Okay. That's life-changing. Yeah. Wow. Well, th- uh, if he's doing good. Yeah. He, like, he kind of, like, bends down on one knee to get, like, height with you, Orin, and he reaches out a hand to give you a handshake. Okay, my turn. I'll just Thank you for what you've done for people in need. 
Thank you for what you've done. This will help feed hundreds upon hundreds of slaves for many months to come. You and your companions are welcome to stay here as long as you would like. Did you say there's like, is there like a fireplace? Not really. There is one, but there's no fire lit. I'll cast create bonfire. can do that. Shit. Okay. Boom. And now you see like a bunch of slaves now huddling around since it is a little bit of a colder night. You see them now. They have like basic porridge and stews that they're being served and as well like now they're huddling by the fire and you can tell that spirits have been lifted by this act with that that I cast like three no I have two no I have three hold on because we had a rest sorry no I have two because we did pass that twice sorry um I'll cast two second level spells for Goodberry all right so you start handing it out, and every single time you walk up to another beast can and you hand them this good berry, majority of them know what it is and immediately grab it. Uh, and it, can, it, can I make a stew with the good berries? Ooh, all right, yeah. yeah like, that way it. it's, like, for everyone. If yeah. I did, like, 20 good berries in one stew, it's, like, still satiating. Yeah, it won't be as effective, but you are able to pull it across to multiple people. So instead yeah. of helping just 20, I'll say you've helped like 60, but it's not like a full day's worth of nourishment. Uh, they see this, and it's probably the best tasting stew that they've had here in a long time. So people are definitely coming up to you, and Beastkin are coming up. They're hugging you. They're thanking you both for your contributions to helping out the Iberian pig. Next morning. Now... Once again, the Iberian pig is pretty busy. Now, the beastkin with their kids and everything are lining up for a little bit of breakfast. You're noticing it's pretty much the exact same stew that it was the night before. And uh, Bento, the owner, walks up to you all and kind of gives you a little bit nicer of a portion of food and even throws in some bread for you guys as a thank you for your contributions last night. What would you all like to do on this day? So, the very first thing that Oren would like to do, uh, as soon as he wakes up, uh, well, first, what's the weather like outside? It's funny enough, it is like June, so it's a little bit warmer of a day. Uh, it's going to be clear skies with a little bit of clouds, but it is, I'll say, like mid-80s is the forecast of the day with no rain. Perfect. So, the first thing I want to do is I want to start channeling a ritual. Uh, and I'm going to cast Skyrite. And uh, concentration up to one hour. You cause up to ten words to form in a part of the sky you can see. The words appear to be made of cloud and remain in place for the spell's duration. The words dissipate when the spell ends. A strong wind can disperse the clouds uh, and end the spell early. What are your ten words? So the ten words that I would like to write into the sky are going to say... This will be Dython's 50th victory. He cannot lose. <laughs> Make our way up to the bookie. Um, aye, aye. Good morning. What are the odds at? You see it is a fellow rock gnome that is working this bookie table. Fellow rock gnome. I'm just but a common mountain dwarf, uh, sir. Okay. Well, you know what I mean. Oh, well, um, right now the odds are five to one against Oren. Uh, that checks out, but I can tell you I've seen this Oren fight. 
He's one of a kind in battle. He might be small, but once the fire starts burning, nobody could take him down. I'm going to bet the farm on Orin can fix it. And I'm lean in, and I'm going to give him that hand signal for lean in, lean in. He leans in. How much? <laughs> 5,000 gold pieces, or gold links. And with my friend here, I will add uh, 3,000 of my own. So 8,000 gold is what you're wanting to bet on this Orin can fix it, the newcomer that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> and he points up at the sky right in the sky and will be like, even people inside town aren't going to believe this. 8,000 gold on Orin. If you've seen what I've seen, you'd understand. And you'll know after today. Okay. I have addiction to gambling and I cannot help myself. (laughs) (laughs) I I must take risks and uh, bet real big. So I go with Oren also. So many many accents happening. None of them are great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see the 8,000 gold. And I, I want to look around. Can I do a perception check first yeah. to see if, like, I'm getting any attention? Ooh, shit. That was... Well, this gnome has tons of guards around him okay, and stuff okay. like that to make, to ensure the peace and gold right. transfer. So... It was, it was a 15 yeah. just to, like, you know, I, I yeah. just want to make People sure... People are raising their eyebrows to the sound of that much gold, but... Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. I'm, we There's have guards. a chest, I'm assuming. We yeah. have our own chest. You have chest to remember every 50 gold links is one pound. Yeah. Yeah. So... So that's, you guys are carrying a shit ton. Yeah. Um, so I'll this, plop that bad boy up on the table there. And Orin, do you plop plop yours up too? Is it yep. one of those like 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 uh, temporary folding tables too? So like we put like these heavy chests. <laughs> it just, kinda, and it just like it starts to buckle a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the little gnome pulls out a piece of paper, and you can tell there's a little magicalness to it. He writes down uh, five thousand gold on one and 3000 gold on the other and writes down five to one odds on each one. And that is a place bet on Orin can fix it. And that means if Orin you're to win this bet, you get 25,000 gold. It's really specifying that if you're on Orin can fix it. Yep. And then to vein that if you win this at your 3000, he'll pay you out 15,000 gold. Cool. He writes these two out in very fine ink that sparkles with magical powder. And then he uh, bites down on his thumb, presses a thumbprint, a bloody thumbprint to it on each one, and then turns and hands them both to you guys. So we make our way to, I guess, to Suma after. I shapeshift into Orn, except I'm like bruised and bloodied and like na- and I'm missing a couple of teeth actually. And uh, I have, like, my one of my arms is, like, broken, like, in an odd angle. I can do that, right? Shapeshifters can do that, right? The breaking I won't allow. Okay. You okay. have to actually break your arm. All right. Well, yeah. I don't want to do there, that. But you, you are changing your, your body and your skeletal structure as a changeling, yeah. but I'm not going to allow for – I mean, if you want to break your arm, you No, can. no, no. Just bruises and bloodied yeah. and just – You've you know. got five extra hit points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I'm just nasty looking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, so who do I have to talk to to get out of this uh, <laughs> fight that I've gotten myself into now? <laughs> we 
didn't. There's no paperwork for Oren to fight. <laughs> there's not. I was here ready to sign paperwork. Oh, hold on, hold on. He looks up at Ignath and we oh. go. Um. So, you said you wanted to fight Dython, correct? Yes. And then he points up at the sky, right in the sky. <laughs> goes. Uh, but it looks like someone else is fighting him, but I don't have the paperwork to allow this person to fight Dython. So, well, that would be me, sir. And I kind of, and I want to look all bedraggled. And oh, you I, were with him last night. Yes, yes, I am the great Oren. Uh, all I was, but I, I was going to sign the paperwork today. I'm all prepared. I have spoken with Dython. He has accepted my challenge, but like a dumb idiot, I went and got myself hurt. I was in a fight, in a bar fight, and I was drunk, and I was ganged up on. There was so many, so many of them who ganged up on me, because one alone could not take me. But so many of them took me, and now I've been taken. I'm broken. So I'm here with my friend, servant, Ignath. He's not as good a fighter as I am, but... uh. I'd like for him to take my place, and also Dython is perfectly okay with that. Deception check. <laughs> they took me, but there's more than one because of me. They all took him. That was good. That was really good. Oh, deception. Shit. That's uh, 15. 15. Can I use Flash of Brilliance to give him an advantage, or to yes. give him plus four on you that? You also have Bardic Inspiration all the time, too. Nice. Yeah, and you never fucking use that shit, Dean. <laughs> 19. No one does. Yeah. Well, because uh, I'm not a bard. It's very for- easy to forget that I have that yeah. when I'm actually not a bard. Yeah. Yeah. I forget it all the time, even when you do use it. So yeah. what, what is his new score? 19. So it's 19, and, and the way that I'll help with that is as he's going through, I'll say, oh, yeah, I do believe that I heard them screaming about this is for Dython as well. And I will say, everyone says something. Well, well, I only expected to fight whoever I could. It's been let known to me that my friend here would like me to fight Dython in his place. Uh, wow, you're so lucky you used Flash of Genius. Plus my convincing RP there. Well- wow. Yeah, wow. it's like oh, wow. who would even guess yes, that after yeah. I said that? We gotta, we I gotta roll. I get to roll advantage on that. No, one. we're fine. Ignath, yeah. Well, I guess um, it's your lucky day then, Ignath. Uh, you know, Dython's been brooding down there, just attacking people willy nilly, and uh, is just ready to go right now. The three of you make your way into the Coliseum. Uh, they know that you are friends with Ignath. So they, uh, Tosuma gave you like front row tickets. So you guys get three front row tickets to the Coliseum. You sit down and you look up and you notice that there's nobody in the like mayor's booth yet. You look down into the arena and out of one of the gates on the other side of the gate, you see Dython just seething there as much as they possibly can. And it's just like pacing back and forth. He has his spear and he's like shoving it into the wall and tacking ready with a net. And you could tell whatever Orin did to Dython last night, 100% has worked. And Dython is extremely ready for combat and very pissed. The 
you look to the left and you see them push Ignath to the uh, the gate, and both gates come up. Dython steps into the arena, and the crowd cheers, just going wild for Dython. This is their champion, and they cannot wait for him to wipe the floor with this Orin character that they've been hearing so much about. Ignath steps forward into the arena. Everybody <laughs> turns, looks, and even Dython then looks, and everyone's a little confused. And Dython is ready to attack and holds his net and spear ready for you. But horns start to blare to announce the presence of the mayor. And Dython t- looks up to the booth and takes a knee. Ignath, what do you do? Oh, shit. <laughs> I, uh, I'll look up. Is it the mayor that I see? You're, the horns are blaring, so you haven't seen anything yet. So it's like announcing that they're arriving. I'll take to it, and I will. Uh, I'll give like the. Oh, I don't know how much I want to like be like. This is a thing. Uh, I'll give the cursory red jaw. Um, that I'll like put my hand on my jaw, slide it across to the center, and like bow my head. Okay, oh, I like that to the mayor. You do that, and then all four of you look up. The curtains behind the chair open up, and you see the mayor, and he has three guests with him. You see the human mayor walk up, sit down, and there's three other chairs that are pulled up, and next to him sit Lyric Tane, Supreme Leader Draven, and then next to Draven, you see an ice dwarf garbed in very similar armor as Draven, and you can only guess that it's Supreme Leader Igor. Thank you so much for listening to our fifth episode of Hammered in Helios. Feel free to follow us on Instagram or Reddit at Hammered in Helios, or subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. We are also now officially posting on TikTok at Hammered in Helios, where I, your evil, cruel, malicious, but lovingly tender dungeon master, will be posting a lot about the world of Helios and deep diving into the different elements of the world and as well giving dungeon mastering tips to anyone that needs it. Also, as always, a special shout out to Marco Ajiro for an absolute banger of a song, 20 Ways to Die. Find him on Instagram at the Marco Ajiro. Our next episode will be releasing on September 13th, and in that episode, we will be reviewing King County Distillery's Light Whiskey. Thank you so much for listening to Hammered and Helios, a proud member of the Helios Network Podcastings. Now, let's get hammered.